everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50-plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Today, I am finally talking about common reasons for children's misbehavior and their solutions. And pardon my cold for this week, I'll try not to cough too much. Now, I'm pretty sure I've shared this before, but I do find human behavior fascinating. I know not everyone shares my interest in this. I also know life would be easier if everyone just agreed on everything and reacted the same or in some what we personally feel is a logical manner to every situation. But that's not the case. Humans are diverse and complicated creatures. But if we take a deeper look at behavior, particularly in the day-to-day behaviors and interactions with our children, we can see that there are valid reasons behind everything they do, whether we agree with the way they behave or react in given situations or not. When we look at what we, as their parent, see as misbehavior, most of the time it is due to a lack of knowledge or awareness, a lack of skill and or a lack of development, what I've discussed in the past, as the behavior being developmentally appropriate for their age, or out of a feeling of discouragement or feeling misunderstood. So what we need to do is break this down, find the reason behind it and address that specifically. When a child misbehaves, the first thing to check is really simple, is is the child misbehaving due to a situational condition, such as being tired, hungry, or bored? In this case, you obviously want to address and fix that. This is super easy. If the child is tired, and we've all been there, right? They're melting down over everything. So we want to try to avoid this. We want to try to avoid running errands during nap time. It's not always possible, especially if you've got a younger child and you have to go pick up older siblings from school right during nap time. But in general, do the best you can to avoid it. Can a neighbor pick up your child for you? Can you take turns? Can you get a neighbor to stay at your house while you go for pickup? If you're having issues with sleep, you want to deal with the sleep issue, and that will eliminate a lot of the meltdowns due to feeling overtired. And you can check out two classes on sleep on the website if you need some help with this bedtimes or nap times, which is infant sleep, and then there's sleep for toddlers and beyond. Hungry. To avoid kids getting over hungry, make sure you keep snacks available. You can take healthy snacks along when running errands or going on outings. And healthy snacks will also even out blood sugar, which can help eliminate meltdowns. Being bored is another reason that kids will misbehave when they're out on the go. Now, this does not apply to at home or dealing with the I'm bored phenomenon. 
Kids need to be bored. It's not our job to entertain them 24-7. But what I am speaking of is expecting kids to stay engaged and follow rules when they are far too young when you're out and about. So sitting in restaurants, waiting for dinner, at a wedding, or other places where you need your young kids to stay relatively quiet and well-behaved. So we want to keep kids busy on these outings. You can do this by bringing a favorite toy or a toy that is just reserved for outings along to restaurants or while shopping. For restaurants, things like special coloring or workbooks, magnet drawing boards, or puzzle-type games. If your kids have a favorite toy that travels well, you can bring that. Now right now, one of my kids takes his Pokemon binder filled with his cards everywhere he goes. Keeps him quiet and engaged anywhere for hours. At the store, you can engage kids in helping to shop. At the grocery store, you can go have your kids help you find the apples. For younger kids, they can look around from the cart and point them out, and then they can help you count out the apples that you want. Older kids can go and find the items and even pick them out themselves as you trust them to take on these tasks. I now have my eight-year-old go and fetch things in the store, especially things he likes, like the pomegranate seeds or his favorite cereal, and bring them back to the cart. Brings up a memory just the other day, we went to Trader Joe's and my son Chandler comes running back to the cart with four boxes of tomato soup. He was very excited about that. Tomato soup! <laughs> when you're in restaurants, you can bring activity books or toys that you only use when you're out in these places so that they're fresh. Or, like I mentioned before, if they have a favorite toy that is appropriate that keeps them very engaged, they can bring that along as well. In general, we want to have realistic expectations. For instance, I just can't take all of my kids clothes shopping with me. I can take one, but more than one, and I know they would start messing around in the store while I'm trying to pick out a dress. So I save myself the frustration and only do this when I can go alone or go with one child. If you must bring kids, one way to try to get around this is to do the shopping online. Pick out the clothes and the sizes and know exactly what you need when you walk in. Get it, try it on, and get out. In addition to these three situational conditions, there are seven other reasons why children commonly misbehave. Four of these are what we call the mistaken beliefs or mistaken goals of behavior. They stem from the basic belief that as humans, we all long for and seek to achieve a feeling of belonging and significance. So when a child is not feeling connected, like they belong, they often feel discouraged and will act out in one of these four ways. The first is through undue attention. This is the belief from the child that I only belong when I have your attention, when I can keep you busy and engaged with me. The second belief is from misguided power. This is the belief that I belong, I am significant only when I am the boss, or at least when I don't let you boss me. The third reason for misbehavior is revenge. This is when the child feels like I already know I don't belong, but at least I can hurt you back. The fourth reason for misbehavior is feelings of inadequacy. The child may think, I give up on belonging and feeling important, so I'm going to make sure that you have no expectations of me. Now, children and adults, too, can adopt one or more of these four methods of behavior because they believe that the attention and or the power will help them to achieve the feeling of belonging and significance that they desire. Through revenge, because it will give them some satisfaction for the hurt feelings and feeling rejected. Or they give up because they truly believe they are inadequate. A big tip-off to the reason behind kids' behavior is how we feel. 
If your child is acting out due to seeking undue attention, the parent or caregiver often feels annoyed, irritated, worried, or guilty. If you're feeling any of these things as a reaction to your child's behavior, it is very likely that your child is seeking undue attention. Now, a common reaction to this is for parents to try to assuage those feelings of worry or guilt by coaxing, reminding, or even doing things for the child that he or she can do for him or herself out of those feelings of guilt. This stops the behavior temporarily, but it then resumes later and usually more intensely because it got the attention and the kind of attention that the child was seeking. If you're feeling provoked, challenged, threatened, or defeated, then your child is most likely engaging in power-seeking behavior. Parents often engage either by fighting back or by giving in. The common thoughts that parents have around this are, I will make you or I will win. Unfortunately, this escalates the struggle. The behavior intensifies and someone loses. Either way, the relationship is damaged and no one learned how to better deal with the situation next time. The pattern continues and becomes more and more entrenched. If you are feeling hurt, disappointed, or disgusted, the reason for your child's behavior is most likely revenge. Now, I wish I could remember an example of this. I've heard my oldest son say this where I knew he was angry and wanted revenge, and I can't remember what it was. He's done this once, maybe twice. He exclaimed that he's going to do something, like break something or rip something up of mine, and he would say, well, I'm going to do blah, 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 whatever it was. Definitely revenge. But he's never actually done anything. He's just said it. And because of the language, it was very easy to pinpoint and address. Now, if he had said, I'm just going to do X anyway, then that's power, right? If he says he's going to do something I told him he can't do, like go to his friend's house or something, then that's power. But if it's that he's going to try to break something or damage something of mine that he knows is important to me, that's revenge. A child will seek revenge to deal with hurt feelings. Oftentimes, the parent reacts by retaliating and trying to get even. It ratchets up the conflict and therefore the hurt feelings, and the hurt feelings never get resolved or addressed. Now, the fourth mistaken belief, and to me the saddest, is the feelings of inadequacy. The child believes they are not worthy and just wants to be left alone, and therefore to send the message to the adult not to have any expectations of him or her. If you feel despair, hopeless, or helpless, then chances are your child is acting from this belief. Oftentimes, parents react by either giving up completely or by doing more for the child and overhelping. Now, out of these four reasons for misbehaviors, the top two reasons kids misbehave are for undue attention and power seeking. So I'm going to dive into these two after we come back from a word from our sponsor. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. 
air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep, and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T. P-U-R-O-A-I-R dot com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads. Love where you live. Now that we're back from the break, I'm going to delve into these top two reasons for misbehavior a little bit more. Undue attention and power seeking. With undue attention, the child is feeling the need for attention and therefore will work to keep the parent busy. Now, some kids are attention hogs and others aren't. So we know that some kids will work harder at this than others, and it goes back to their temperament. So how do we keep our kids from seeking undue attention? There are lots of ways, but to start with, in general, parents are more likely to respond to negative behaviors than the positive ones, which makes sense. So children will act out to get attention negatively. Negative attention is better than no attention. Feeling annoyed at the behavior, not frustrated, means the child is most likely attention-seeking. So, the first thing to look at is to shift your reaction to their positive behaviors using encouragement, or what we call descriptive praise, because the labels we give children become their own. We will get more behavior that is labeled and gets attention. What we focus on, we get more of. So when we say no hitting, or you're being rude, we're reinforcing that negative behavior. We're gonna get more hitting and more rudeness. When we reinforce the good behavior, it works far better than bringing attention to the unwanted behavior. What this means is we're taking notice and encouraging our child when he exhibits good behavior, the behavior we want. It lets our child know this is the behavior I like to see. So it increases the behavior, works infinitely better than bringing attention to the negative behavior or punishment. So let's say you're having a big problem in your house with your child running around being wild, being too loud, or jumping on the furniture inside the house. 
In most families, it's really common for parents to focus on the child when he's misbehaving. Stop being so loud. You're too loud. Stop jumping on the couch. The furniture is not for climbing. Stop. Stop. No. Loud. Loud. Right? That's all the kid hears. You get tired of saying it. Your child surely gets tired of hearing it, but it doesn't give him any direction on what to do. So it does not help your child learn better ways or know what to do instead. What it teaches him is how to get your attention. And unfortunately, for the negative stuff. Then when our child is behaving as we like, sitting quietly, reading, working on a project, or going outside to be rambunctious, we don't say anything. We happily go about getting our things done. So instead, you want to be very aware every time your child is behaving in a way you would like. When he sits down to build something, when she sits down to read a book or do a puzzle, when he chooses to color, paint, draw, or design something, when she goes outside to play loudly rather than in the house. These are the times to notice and to give attention for behavior. Now I want to bring up a quick story. If you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen this post the other day, but I posted a picture and I called it a parenting win. One of my children, the toilet paper had run out and they had taken the toilet paper and put it on to the toilet paper holder. I was very pleased about this. Now the funny part is that the whole job wasn't done completely because they took the toilet paper out of the cabinet and left the rest of the toilet paper still in the plastic sitting on the floor. So it didn't get back in the cabinet. Also the toilet paper roll was sitting on the floor, the old one, right beside the wastebasket. It was sitting right there, right beside the wastebasket. Like how hard is it to pick that up and stick it in the wastebasket, not drop it right on the floor in front of the wastebasket. But the full job didn't get done. However, and I did find out it was actually my daughter who did this. She got the toilet paper roll onto the toilet paper. She didn't just, not only did she not just not wipe her butt, right? She actually wanted to wipe her butt. So she got out the toilet paper, but not only that, she put it onto the roll. So I gave her attention for getting the toilet paper onto the roll. I think that was great. And then I'll talk to her about the full job, what that looks like the next time. Next, ignore what you can and discipline what you cannot. So ignore the little negatives. Giving attention to each little thing will perpetuate more little annoyances and more negative behaviors. So in our house, the deciding factor is, is it dangerous to the child doing the behavior or another child, or is it destructive to property? Are they coloring on walls, breaking toys potentially? My oldest son used to get up on the living room table for attention. It was a coffee table, low to the ground, with thick carpet underneath and rounded wood corners. So I would ignore that and would leave the room altogether. It went away very quickly because it didn't get attention. Now, I want to talk about the power-seeking behaviors. First, I'll get into the development of power needs and dynamics by age so that you can minimize these pushes for power in the first place. Some common pushes for power are ages two to three. They want to do things for themselves. If you thwart this push for power, letting them do things for themselves, it might be messy to let them pour the milk or try to put the peanut butter on their toast. But if you start thwarting this, your children are far more likely to go around you and be deceptive to get this need met, or it can squelch their drive for independence and therefore make them more entitled in the long run. In other words, if they miss a window for a push for independence because things are done for them when they're perfectly capable, and are not only that, but willing to do it for themselves, soon they can develop the attitude of why should I do it? And you end up doing things for them a lot longer and they become less independent people in the long run. 
Ages four to five, they want more say over their daily decisions and schedule. So this is where you can use lots of choices around the schedule and other things too. Do you want to have your snack at home or at the park? Do you want to brush your teeth first or put your jammies on first? Do you want this book or that one? Do you want to get dressed in your room or the bathroom? Apple or banana? Believe it or not, these little choices all day long give them the feeling of power they seek over their schedule and other areas and can help things go much more smoothly when they just need to go along with what's happening. Now, at six to eight years of age, kids are looking for more independence and they start testing their social power. They realize they have more social power and they test these boundaries and the impact. So this is a very common time for pushes for power. You want to learn how to deal with these power struggles. You want to learn how to step out without giving in. And I wanted to have time to go into this here a little bit but I'm already going over, unfortunately. But there is an episode on power struggles, episode number 26, so you can go back and listen to that. There's also the full class on power struggles that goes over all the ways to prevent, as well as completely deflate the struggle once your child tries to initiate one. Now, by ages eight to nine, kids are looking for more physical independence. This means wanting freedom to go and explore. Now, this is a tough one for a lot of parents these days. We are so afraid of letting our kids out without hovering over them. Not because we don't trust them, but because we don't trust others. I would trust my eight-year-old to walk down around the corner and to the store and back all by himself, but I will never Well, at this age, we'll never let him do that. I don't know at what age I will. I would totally trust him. He is fully capable of doing that. Going to the store, going down there, even buying something for me and bringing it back. That would be awesome. I trust him. I don't trust other people. And I totally understand that. But we need to figure out ways that we can give our child some physical freedom in ways that we're still somewhat comfortable with. We need to start letting that string out on their kite just a little at a time so they can learn to fly. Can you let them go up the street to a friend's and text the parent when they arrive, even if you watch out the window the entire way? Can you let them go to the movies with a friend and you go into a different theater? Or if you aren't comfortable with that, at least have them sit a few rows ahead of you. Let them sit with their friends at a different table at the restaurant or the ice cream parlor. There are lots of little things you can do. And again, I love my son's phone watch with GPS. I feel like I can give him more freedom than I otherwise would. Still not enough to go down around the corner to the store, but (laughs) I would feel comfortable taking him to a movie and letting him go into a different theater. When kids reach 10 to 12, they're now seeking more privacy. They may write in journals or diaries and expect privacy. They should always be allowed to close their doors to their room for privacy whenever they like from this point on, from ages 10, 11, 12 on. If they're engaging in a power struggle of some sort or being disrespectful, it's still very important to maintain respectful boundaries. Disrespect doesn't warrant disrespect from the adult. And actually showing respect during these times will really set a positive example for your kids. So you wanna wait until your child comes back out of their room and then have a talk about the behavior you expect. It's important to have these types of heart-to-heart conversations once everyone is calmed down anyway and not when they're upset because it won't go anywhere. If you wanna know more about each of the common reasons for misbehaviors, including the five I didn't get a chance to touch on at all, you could see the class outline and the sample video as well as the full class on the website at yourvillageonline.com. It's under the Discipline Issues section under the Discipline tab. 
Also, I'm gonna reach out and ask for some help for any of you who feel compelled to give me some feedback on this. I've been invited to speak at a local women's conference. The theme is making the most of your life. So these aren't necessarily parents. So I need to come up with a message for my talk. So if anyone has any input about anything I've said or shared that has really touched or inspired you, please feel free to let me know. That would help me greatly to get started on that project. You can send the email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Of course, as always, also send any parenting questions you may have to that same address, podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.